What up, what up? I want to welcome you all back to the Socks and Sandals podcast, where society, culture, history, and religion collide, and we unapologetically discuss our worldviews. It's your guy, Emmanuel, back in the kitchen. I'm whipping it up. And uh, this episode here was recorded live uh, at KBOO, KBOO radio station 90.7 here in Portland, Oregon, with my brother Oba. And um, we talked about a few things uh, and this was a couple of weeks ago, but just now putting it out here, this is a week of Thanksgiving and, um, just decided to put it out now, you know, so, uh, it kind of bleeds over into a religion and worldview conversation. So we talked about, uh, he raised a question of like the lack of evolution in religion and, you know, uh, how can we upgrade the process of how religion operates and how can we do a better job of passing down doctrine or religion to our kids and what value that has. So it's a live radio show. You're going to hear a few cuts from conversation to conversation, but I hope y'all enjoy. All right. Grace and peace. For sure. Uh, we, we have a couple things to talk about right now. Today's show is going to be centered around, of course, relationships, but in relationships to our higher selves, bigger selves, other selves, or a deity of some sort, but like our relationship to the here and hereafter. I uh, really want to be able to discuss several points of view. And it's great because the guest that I have today is of that same ilk, uh, believing that this discourse is absolutely how the truth is going to be discovered. And uh, we definitely disagree on some things, and I can't wait to be able to not disagree, but uh, we have uh, opinions that need hashing out, I would say. At least I do. And uh, his are going to be going through the work today as well. If you haven't listened to the last podcast, he interviewed a comedic professor, um, teacher, cultural therapist, founder of many, many civic engagement tools and organizations for the advancement of the um, African diaspora. And many, many very, very thought-provoking uh, podcast episodes. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome again, Mr. Emmanuel Williams. Mr. Mel, hold on, let's, let's see if we got, no, no, we don't. We don't have digital cops for you, man. We're going to get some digital it's claps It's all good, it's We're all gonna good. We're going to get some digital claps for you, it, it, Digital snaps, for sure. Yeah. Am I on? Is, oh, is my mic on? Yeah. No, no, it doesn't seem like that yet. Just, yeah, let's see if we can. I can hear you, that. I can't hear me. There we go, there we go. Bienvenido, sir. Brother, oh, man, I appreciate you for man, bringing me on once again, bro. Man, absolutely, especially, and it's so, it's so divinely inspired because I didn't mm. even listen to your last episode. Yeah. And I already knew that this episode I absolutely wants to talk about spirituality. And I, and I remember that you were asking me questions um, that you were going to ask that person, which I'm definitely going to get into in a little bit. But, yeah. man, that was uh, that was really important. That was really, really, uh, like I said, finally inspired that you were able to make it today and we can have this conversation. Thank you. Oh, yeah, man. It's, it's God's plan, bro. This this had to happen. So yes. I'm ready. Is that is that capital G or lowercase? That's capital G. Capital G? Yeah. Like capital H him or capital H or capital I it? Not capital I it. Why is it worse than him or her? Because <laughs> it is so nondescript, bro. Like, <laughs> exactly. Both and, yo. <laughs> okay, see, this, this is what I know. This is what I know right now. Oba is playing it cool, but Oba is with the smoke tonight. Oh, yo. man, don't listen to him, man. Oba is with the don't smoke. Him, He's man. ready. He's am, ready for I'm war right now. Do you not see how comfortable I am in this in this plush, plush chair that they have for us? Oba is with no, man. the religion smoke. <laughs> <laughs> it's about to be a religious smoke session. I am with the holy smoke. Oh. <laughs> the Father, Son, and the Holy Smoke. Oh, man. Watch your mouth, son. Watch your mouth. <laughs> 
Um, yo, that's uh, religion is definitely something that I find very useful as a tool. Um, the same way, like I think the people that created the religion. Um, the intro that you heard, the first song was J Electronica's Jazzmatazz, and we've got some difficult days ahead, but it really doesn't matter with me now because I've been to the mountaintop. Mm. And I think that that's a really, really important way to start the show and understand that this is a part of the process, whatever it is, disappointment, victories, success, failures, change, all of this is part of the process and it's been so far beautiful. And the process should never stop. I think that's really important. I think if, just like any life, if it has reached a stopping point of non-evolution or change and there has to be decay you know what I mean and maybe that is one of the biggest gripes about religious systems for me is that they have not evolved we still practice this basic same religion that founded Gregorian chant and brought me the likes of Shekinah 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 choir Shekinah okay, uh, glory or something like that. Uh, we're, about to, we're about to find out, but this is the same antiquated, um, I guess, set of rules uh, for a game that has had no evolution. Mm. And uh, you, I think very much, just like some of the ancient Egyptian scripts that we were able to pass back and forth, mm -hmm. there, was a, um, there was a morality of the time. Mm -hmm. Now, there are absolute moralities, but uh, one of the questions that I have for um, this episode is strictly not going to be hashing out whether religion is right or wrong. This is not that kind of platform. We are very much interested in how people are living their religious practices, but more so I think we are into bringing us all on a common level of conviction. Mm -hmm. I think that if you can make me more sure or if I can make you less sure both of us are going to benefit from this discourse or mm -hmm. well, hopefully our listeners as well mm -hmm. because these are discourses that again we're not challenging the the doctrines we're not challenging the way um, the way it is we're challenging the um, the surety behind it and whether or not this planet can exist without it mm. So I think that was that was one of the latest questions that I had to try to you know talk with you that I wanted to actually talk um discord you know discuss yeah. is <clears throat> let's say something horrible happens to where all books all digital media is burned mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. our children's generation not even our children our grandchildren's generation do mm -hmm. not get any of the literature any of the knowledge from us or do they still develop a world a way of seeing the world mm -hmm that is conducive to growth without a religious system. Certainly. And is there a, is there's a religious system, is a religious system necessary for growth and development? When you say religious system, like define that for me, so I know exactly, so we're on the same page. Um, doctrine. Is there a, a prescribed, a prescribed set of rules, instructions, um, by a person. So let's talk about um, order. Like, is there, are you saying like should there be some type of order in a society, or will should that, there not be an order in society? Will that order develop without doctrine? 
Sure. I mean, it's it's been done. So there's a there's a documentary I watched on. It's it's a very small island. I think in the '60s or '70s, the first time somebody went there, uh, or I should say, like a white person went there and and didn't die, because uh, most of the times they just kill them every time they come to the shore. Um, but some somebody was allowed to, you know, mingle with the the people on that island. And there was only like 70 at the time, oh, 70 wow. people. Small island. Very small island. Um, 70 people living there. And then that was in the 70s, and he came back like in the early 2000s, and there was like 140, 150. That's it. Now, the order that they live in and like the the type of like the way that they treat each other is very similar. And like the guy was saying that was reporting is like, are they the first Christians? Cause it was, it was like human beings. We all operate in a very similar manner. Human nature is human nature. We think that we're so different, but we're not different. We're all the same. And so, so these people with no outside influence have created a structure of giving, of loving, of being kind to one another, helping out one another, like, being selfless because i mean they're on an island by themselves all they have is themselves you know there is no big business there's no corporations it's just us there's no no technology there's no doctrine we take care of each other and like the way that they greet each other they put their foreheads up against each other and look each other in the eye and just kind of like that's their embrace that's their hug so it's like a very like close-knit family type environment obviously they're pretty much related because it's only 150 of them right right but like the way that they treat each other and like treat others as you want to be treated like that's how they would communicate that to him like this is how we treat each other this is our order of you know operations on the island like here so they didn't need it to be written down because human nature knows what's right and what's wrong that's why most religions have very similar values when it comes to um Morality, because a lot of that is intrinsic. We know what's right, we know what's wrong, but then we pervert things, and that's where stuff goes haywire. So, does doctrine help? How does doctrine apply to this desire? How does doctrine help us be with human nature? Because it seems like doctrine goes against human nature when human nature is looking for that community, especially on the smaller levels. So, again, we're not looking to talk about, yeah, we just said doctrine. So laws, let's say laws, mm-hmm. right? Let's not even say religion because religion and laws are basically the same thing. same thing. A group of people are agreeing that this is the way to do things and this is how you have them. Word. Can you, can, can a civilization without doctrine, like why doctrine in, 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 your, in your case? Why do you think doctrine is, is, is necessary? Law is necessary. Doctrine, you know what I mean? Laws and like written down, passed down, mm-hmm. enforced. Mm-hmm. Is this a way that we should be living? Um, I think it's I think it's necessary when you when you have a, a group of people working together. You need to have certain rules so everybody knows what's going on, so everyone can be treated fairly, and every situation can be attended to fairly, so everybody knows what's going on. Like if you play basketball. And my out of bounds is the white line and your out of bounds is the dirt five feet past the white line. And we're playing on two different levels of courts. 
We need to we need to know what the rules are so everyone can play and everyone will not feel like yo he cheated because he went to the dirt. It was like well the dirt was where I say out of bounds is at. Well no I say out of bounds is the white line. So, so it should it should help as well. Yeah, it's not I mean, just white line or dirt. It's a uh, okay let's see what works for everyone kind of thing. Yeah, what works for everyone and what can everyone yeah what can everyone live with what what is reasonable and so should that, that so that so so that order it should be a reasonable thing. And Should it, that order be reviewed? Yeah, for sure. Would that be something that's like generationally, every couple generations, after 2,000 years? Go ahead and say, <laughs> you, you're trying to be subtle. You're, you're trying to be I, so I, subtle. I, I, it's I, it's I, cute. I, it's kind of cute. I, I'm not going to lie. Questions. Pause. <laughs> you're I, trying he, to be. He called me cute, y'all. Like, this is going to be recorded. So, you know what I mean? I, I'm, I I'm, with, I'm with the smoke session, uh, bro. Know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Compliments, yo. I'm, I'm ready. Thank you so very much. You're not gonna make me feel crazy. Um, so, so let's so let's let's get at exactly what you're trying to talk about. What I'm what I'm talking about is like like for instance, I had a record label at the age of 19. We had like it was five of us. This we is were secular music, by the way, guys. No, it was Christian. Oh, music. was it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it don't matter. Secular Christian. Yeah, you people are me. people are people. So. I was, we were all 19, 20, maybe one of us was 21. No, no, we was all 19 or 20. Um, and so we fought all the time. Everybody wanted to be in charge. Everybody had their own idea how they wanted to go about things. When things didn't go their way, certain people were telling their mamas. And then mamas was getting at us. <laughs> you know what I mean? The And then... Uh, and then they was telling girlfriends or they was just telling partners and people just had their own idea and, and like everybody was chiming in on our business and they had wrong they like they had the wrong expectation or they had like wrong information about what was really happening what was really happening and so you. with me being like you know the CEO co-CEO whatever like I had to I had to put up like stand out code of conduct or stand out like this is our this is how we do things like if we have a disagreement Yo, we can handle it. We call a meeting. Somebody who's not a part of the disagreement will be the mediator, mm-hmm. and then the two people will handle it up. But we're not gonna go to mamas. We're not gonna go to girlfriends. We're not gonna go. So like, I had to write out like a a code of conduct, like a policy, and so that and I wrote it out on a piece of paper, gave it to everybody. Look, I want everybody to like look. This is how we're gonna do things. Let me know if y'all feel like we need to change anything, but for just moving forward so that we don't have any miscommunication and that all this stuff happened that that happened that it does, so it doesn't happen again. Let's make sure it doesn't happen again. And so when you do that, it's like all right, we're all on the same page. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you need to write it down because one person might have a way that they they want to do it. Another person, well, I should be able to tell my mama anything when mm-hmm. when your mama is texting or calling me like that's unnecessary cussing me out you know so um for that it's reasonable now what you're talking about is religion religion you know you got these strict rules that don't you don't think it may apply today it's not it's versus what versus just because it because the doctrine applied two thousand three thousand years ago shouldn't we change that not change we don't have to change law review it review it Review and, it. But, review is a. That's but a, upon further review, you would make some adjustments, right? Some naturally. Things. Okay. Hopefully, I mean, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. Make it apply, and and not only that, but make it apply to you specifically. I think uh, when we last spoke, I was really against using all these different books, but it took somebody that I really regard highly and respect's mm. word. 
to say, yo, why that's like that's the equivalent of Hitler burning books. Like, why would, there's information in there? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And if there's not information in there, there's a way to sharpen your mind to find that this was that there is no information in here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So in in any regard, this is a useful tool. And right. why wouldn't you use this book for whatever gems could be in it? Because Whether wisdom it, is eternal. Not only that, wisdom is timeless. simple, and you and I feel like you feel it. Mm. I feel like those are things that you can't deny when you when you when you. When you hear it, it's something that's just like, oh, my God, yeah. Yeah. And I knew it all. You're not telling me anything new. Yeah. It's just something that's very much like, oh, It yeah. sums up things that you've thought in just easy. a very easy way. Easy. It, yeah. that, it has to be easy. It Word. has to be simple and small. And those are the things that last. Mm-hmm. I really, really feel that way. Yeah. Um, and so now I, I take it away from getting rid of it all. Mm. But how can we use it more properly? If you were, okay, um... Islam is a religion that hasn't been translated in as many languages as, as Christianity. So I think mm. that's why Christianity gets a lot of the focus. Mm. You know what I mean? Right. Um, Judaism as well. There are not that many languages that the, both, both of those religions have been translated in, comparatively speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, so how could we... Okay, the whole religious process, not, would, whichever religion someone chooses, mm-hmm. how can we upgrade the process? Does that make sense? Am I so tell me, tell me the, how you perceive the process to be. So the process is... A, ch- a child goes to a place, mm-hmm. learns a thing, doesn't get to experience any other things. Mm. When that child gets raised in this specific thing, they are um, not encouraged, but it is available for them to go and seek other places, sure. other things to learn. Yeah. After, um, while still keeping in contact with that, with that first thing that they learned. Mm-hmm. Um, more often than not, like politics, people don't, people try to adopt something for a certain time, but there's a familial bond that they have. That's why, te- that's why so many religions want to teach kids as soon as possible. There's a, f- there's a bond that you create very young. You know mm. what I mean? Um, so if that's the process that I think works or that is in, in, in rotation right now. Mm-hmm. Feel free to call and chime in by the way, yo, cause yeah, I'm talking to him, but I'm talking to Emmanuel. Um, but I would love to hear some other opinions as well. And again, we're not looking to, to, uh, what is it? Disprove, discount, or discredit. We're looking to elevate the processes. Now I'm looking to utilize it, but for my, specifically my people. But for my people could be, you know, people that want to be entrepreneurs. My people could be people of African descent. My people could be people that aren't in this corporate structure or trying to be out of it. So... Opinions and uh, feedback is very highly appreciated. Give us a call here at 503-231-8187. That's the air room. That's 503-231-8187. You're listening to Effable Radio right now, where all things relationship are spoken of in relation to everything else. And right now we are talking our relational revelation episode, man, because this is this is something that I think is going to be, uh, hopefully it'll spark... A, a sort of discourse. Yeah, for sure. I think what you said though is is really it's a really good point. Um, but there's two things. One one thing is when people become adults and they have the freedom to do what they want to do. They don't have to go to church every Sunday. They don't have to go to mass or go to, you know where, wherever they go. Um, and they start studying. Then I see a lot of people make their own decisions. I would I would say you will be one of those people. 
right? I mean, I know a lot of people that grew up in the church and don't rock with the church whatsoever. You know, so I think we all make our own decisions as adults. But it does say, I will say the way that humans are constructed in our brains, if there is a right way, it would be good, it would be best to have that foundation. In one. Choose one and just have that foundation. It would will, it will be best to have that foundation. Let's say So let's say if there's a good way, have a good foundation. If there is... And could you elaborate on good foundation? Uh, foundation in a specific religion? Yeah. in Or yeah, doctrine, in a, a specific doctrine, whatever. Yeah, whatever you choose. Like, <laughs> however you want to word it. It's a lot, it's a lot, a lot of words. A lot of wordplay going on. A lot, there, a lot yeah. of synonyms going on. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, whatever religion, whatever doctrine, if if you, as an adult, feel like, yo, this is the best way to raise my child. This is the best way to set a foundation in them so that they're, they're going to have a great life. If that's what you feel, then you raise your child that way. It does say Proverbs 22 and 6. Train up a uh, train up a child in a way that they should go. They should never depart. So that when they be even when they're old, they won't depart from okay. it. You know what I mean. So if there's a good way, because the way the way that our brains are constructed, I mean, you learn a lot as a kid. Like that's when you learn the most. Of course. Oh, yeah. So if you can put great information in your child at a young age, and then by the time you're 35, from what I read, by the time you're 35, um. Pretty much all of who you are subconsciously is set. Mm. Like ninety five percent of who you are subconsciously subconsciously is set at the age of thirty five. So if you got good <laughs> if you got good information that's gone in and solid information that can make you a productive member of society and just live your best life and be creative and all that type of stuff and know how to treat people, if you have that as a foundation then it's going to be easy for you to treat people well. It's going to be easy for you to be productive, to be creative, to be, if you put all, if you instill all of that in your child at a young age, and that's typically who they're going to be unless a person works very hard to, to deconstruct them. or reconstruct themselves, <laughs> which is harder, as we know, as as, an, as adults, it's harder to change behavior the older you get. African-American, you know what I mean? Just people of this diaspora as well. Every, you know yeah, I mean? for we, sure. We've learned things that we've had to, unlearn before we could learn any, any yeah, other and we've had trauma passed down to Absolutely. us so we have to undo trauma Absolutely. and all that type of stuff so um so yeah when it comes I really to like that idea yeah, I, so, I like the fact that you said that you have to you know of course put great information in and you know construct them as a as a functioning member how to how to be how to be successful for instance you are. for instance I'll, I'll tell you this story my son went to a uh in, from first to third grade put him into a very prestigious private school here in Oregon, here in Portland. Number rank number one and number two, depending on you go to either one of those schools, they're gonna say we're number one and they're number two. You know what I mean? So we put them in there, a private institution, extremely white, extremely privileged, right? Um since day one he had problems. The day one he didn't feel accepted, didn't feel welcome. What grade was that? First, first grade. First grade. First, first grade. grade. Yeah. It's like, Daddy, they just they just look at me. They don't talk. They just look at me, Daddy. I'm like, man, I know, but it's it's a good education. You're gonna get and a good foundation. You know, cause that's you. I, I you, know. I've been through it. I went you've to, been through it. I went yo. to Catholic school and middle school, and that was tough. Here, <clears throat> but luckily, I had black kids at my school because oh, it was man. in North. It was in North Portland, 
he's not nowhere near North Portland where his school was. <laughs> so there was like one other, maybe two other black kids, but no, but none in his class. They were in the other class. <clears throat> so I know what he's going through. He's facing this adversity. Um, God, button, okay. Oh my bad. Um, so I know the adversity that he's going through, right? And I'm like, all right, he's going through this now. I'm trying to rationalize it in my mind. But if he gets his good education, he gets these connects, you know, he's going to be set for life, you know, money-wise and just like, you know, knowledge-wise, he's going to have a leg up on a lot of people if he graduates from this institution. But then second grade came, more issues. Third grade, I'm like, man, like, yo, this is weighing on my son. Like, he's starting to lose interest in school. My son is very smart. Like, he's very inquisitive. He loves to learn. But he was losing that love for learning and that inquisitiveness because he was always getting in trouble and getting pointed out. Anytime there was a conflict, they looking at him first. And even if he didn't, he wasn't the one to start it. Didn't matter. You know, they, they have different punishments for him than for other kids. And he notices it. So he knows he's getting treated differently. And so I'm like, yo, do I keep my son in this amazing, incredible institution? But but at the risk of him not being comfortable in his own skin, him being defensive all the time, just not knowing how to be himself because he's always feeling like somebody's going to point him out and make him out to be the bad guy. And then him learning to assimilate and then him not, you know, just all these things. So I can raise a very smart boy and he's still going to be smart, but like, you know, he'll have access to this knowledge and resources but he'll be a broken individual or a great I, robot a or great, or I can raise him up to be fully comfortable in who he is in his identity and not have any issues on that end. And then he may not have access to the all the resources that that school has and may not get the toppest of notch of education that that school can provide, but he will be a whole person. Mm. So I have to choose between. Education. You have to choose the rest of culture, his life right The rest now. of his life right now. Because if he has a foundation of not being sure about himself, of not liking school because all the teachers are harping on him, not liking kids, and not having a real social life because all the kids are treating him differently. Unless he assimilates. Unless he assimilates. And then when he goes to family reunions, and then when he comes back home to our neighborhood, and then he goes to the park, and he interacts with kids that look like him, and he doesn't feel comfortable because they don't operate like those kids out there <laughs> and he doesn't know how to you know what I mean it's just so I'm just like yo I have to make a business decision and I'm in the business of raising a whole black boy not a broken black boy and and if I need to spend more time with him at home when it comes to working on math and doing all this other stuff if we need to spend money out of our own pocket we, we spend the money on the private school Spend money out of our own pockets to, and take him on educational trips. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got to invest in my son all the way. Yeah, and I can't leave it up to the white supremacists to train him up and also break him down at the same time. And so, and if, because because I see that and I, and I know what the implications are of him growing up in that environment, I have to make that decision. Now, let's transition that to whatever religious system or doctrine that I believe in. If I feel like that has made me a better person 
and I know who I was before it and who I am after it. And I know, like, yo, this changed my life. Son, I want you to, this this will, this right here will keep you away from a lot of hurt and heartache. Mm. I guarantee it. I can, I can fully testify to that. If that's my experience, because I've done it a different way, but then when I started doing it this way, all right, this worked for me, I feel like that's the best way. So I'm going to put him on that path. Now, if he doesn't choose that path, when he becomes an adult, that's up to him. But me as a parent, I'm raising my son the best way I know how. And so that's what I'm going to do for these 18 years. And then after that, so be it. Are you upgrading the the parenting schematic, so to speak? I'm sure you get uh, feedback from people that are older than you, people that are in your community. You're still very close to both of your families. Mm-hmm. So there's always feedback. I'm sh- I'm, there's feedback available. For sure. Do you find... So I work in a school now, mm-hmm. and it's really interesting hearing students call their professors, like their teachers, by their first name. Mm. Just, I mean, and it's, a- just, it's just normal in this school. So this is something where I say, oh, wow, maybe this is a, this is what teachers have to, maybe it's a step back, but I have more access to this child now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe that's just a strategy that seems to work for whatever reason. Yeah. For this, it, this is insanely different than me going to school. I didn't, I didn't have a cell phone when I was in middle school. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's no, I can't relate. So teachers have to have a new, there has to be a new um, scheme, you know, um, it's not scheme, but like strategy. Strategy for, for sure. this. Yeah. Do you find that in parenting that there is a different, there is the foundation that you have from what you've learned, mm-hmm. but is there also? Could could you say what you've, what you've had to change or what you've added? Yeah, I mean, parenting now it's just like, it's you can't go on how they did it back in the day. Our parents did it back in the day. Do as I say, not as I do. It doesn't work. Didn't work then. <laughs> when you really think about it, it, it just it just taught you how to hide. Yeah, but it, now it's like it's you just you can't you can't, and then also you can't withhold information from your children. I don't know. It was easier to do it back then. About the world or about about, about the world, family, oh, yeah. all of that. Like you could hide a lot of stuff, a lot of secrets, a lot of whatever. Like kids didn't know, people didn't know anything unless somebody told it to them. Mm-hmm. Right, and they believed almost everything. And and and, and and previous generations just didn't have as much access sure. to things that we have ac- that we had access to as a kid. Clear, that's every generation. We low key grew up on computers. Oh yeah, so we're not from a generation that didn't like acquiring information because we had to read a dusty, stanky book about the Odyssey or some crap that we didn't really care about. But we did. But we had the Dewey Decimal System, and we have digital you know what I mean I like, know so we so we had like the old and the, but then we got a taste of that new yeah. so because we got we're not we're not going backwards and our kids for damn sure ain't going backwards they growing up on phones and so it's like you have to keep it a thousand sooner than later because the world is going to keep it a thousand women whether you like it or not mm-hmm. now back in the day the world could lie to them and then you could lie to them and everybody's living a lie okay. but you got to keep it a thousand you know what I mean so so now you have to adjust and you have to be more sensitive to like emotional intelligence and knowing that that is key in this generation and in my son's generation 
He's going to graduate from high school in 2027. I don't know where AI is going to be at that time. But I know for a fact that emotional intelligence will be a premium like commodity, bro, because people already are impersonal. And now they're going to be even his generation is going to be even more impersonal with technology, AI, with social media, all that type of stuff. And so, like, I have to I can't beat truth into him. I can't do as I say, not as I do. I can't like I have to be upfront. I got to communicate and I have to be I can't be toxic with him whatsoever. And I have to tell him the truth at all times. And I can't withhold. I can't protect him by withholding i have to protect him by giving and being it sounds like and this i I guess this is what i hear about this generation as well when it comes to young people is that that childhood is gone really early i look at shows on disney every once in a while and you see little kids in suits you see kids just they're just smaller version of adult actors they do all the gestures they do all this like they're watching seinfeld or 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 friends that's Mm. what i see and these kids are literally mimicking adults in which case there's no childishness anymore so in being 1000 percent and seeing that they have they have they're gonna see some things man Yeah, they are and soon Mm -hmm. or you know i mean i'm sure they already have far more than we did at that age for sure um where is that balance between like preserving innocence and preparing them for the world because it's like you're never going to be as happy as you are right now yeah i think um preparing them for the world is like what i was saying just like being so honest and upfront and transparent about whatever topic y'all are talking you said you're transparent (laughs) is that oh word that's really that's really that's really 2018 of you man that's really forward thinking bro i really appreciate that about Uh, you we need a little rim shot real quick the Joe Budden sound effects right now. Bro. <laughs> that was too good. Bro. Oh man, yo, let's. Uh, what about- How convenient is that? <laughs> <laughs> oh my yo, god. These, yo, we, there's these. I'm gonna do a radio show about podcasts one day, man. Word. Because that is gonna be, or maybe a podcast about podcasts, yo. Because there, there needs to be a TV guide to podcasts. There is one. I is forgot it? what it was called. They were talking about it last week. Maul went on somebody's show, and it's a podcast about podcasts. What? Yeah. Oh, I had to. You gotta listen to the. Oh, I think it was like a Saturday episode that they okay. just put out. So, what I was saying was, uh, yeah, for yourself, transparent, uh-huh. but also, oh, preserving the, the innocence. Innocence. My tactic right now is just trying to keep him away from a cell phone. That's it. Because once they get the cell phone, like the innocence is gone. Like he, he's like he starts watching YouTube videos about games, about Fortnite, about whatever. He's, does he play? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. all kids that are like between uh, eight and twelve, they all playing Fortnite. What is that the equivalent of for us? Because we had Halo, we had Sonic, uh, Street Fighter. It's it's Street Fighter. Everybody played Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat. Everybody yeah. played that. Tekken. Everybody played all Mortal the yeah. Everybody played that those games. When we were kids, there wasn't anybody that did not play Street Fighter. So, um, Fortnite is that. You Fortnite play? is that. I play. I played for the first time this weekend. For bro. for the first time. How yeah, long has he been playing? Hard. He's been playing for like about a year. What? Yeah, he's nice. And so, yeah, it is. I'm it, trash. 
I am trash, bro. Because he was doing stuff. I was like, Why, man? You gotta, you gotta hide, man. You gotta snipe, bro. You gotta. Bro, seeing like, people, it's amazing that you can run, aim, shoot, and build at the same time. But we could, we can do that. Of we we could have done like if we were kids, we would be doing that. Like it would be so easy. That's bro. true too. If we were kids, yeah. Did you did you grow up gaming? Yeah. What games? Not like of Street course, Fighter, but like you but know, that, it wasn't that advanced. Right, right. But those were like movie theater games. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like or console games at like your homeboy's a, house. Did you have any games that you were just like, oh, this is my? You know what I mean? Uh, um, Grand Theft. Oh, so you were a little older. So you I got into cold. gaming a little bit. Yeah, I mean, like when that that came out in high school. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, like oh one, oh two, or something like that. Okay. So Grand Theft, I was on that heavy Madden. I always played Madden since I was like in eighth grade. But Madden though, in college, like that was my game. Late nights on Madden, I believe, man. Late nights, early mornings. Like oh. I majored in marketing and I minored in Madden in college. Like, <laughs> no, Madden no Madden. joke, bro. Like I was, and I was nice on Madden. And that's when them joints rocket. Everybody nice on that. No, but I was really nice though. Everybody like, playing on all pro, nice on Madden, man. All pro, come on, man. <laughs> don't disrespect me like that. But I'm, I'm telling you, bro. Like I don't want to toot my own horn, but like anybody that knows me, and you ask them about my Madden skills, you bro, ain't want no sticks, man. Come on, man. Man, you always, come put, on, you man. always want putting the sticks down, come man. On, man. I, don't I'm hear, a, I can, I can give you ten phone numbers right now, bro. <laughs> Call them dudes right. Hey, bro, it's be nice in Madden. Hey, man, I couldn't touch it, like, bro. That man said 10, yo. I've never heard that. Uh, what, what are they, in the job applications, what are they asking for? <laughs> references. <laughs> yo, I'll give you 10 references, bro. Right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that relationship with your with, with the future is really, really interesting. And yeah. I find that um, mine is interesting, let alone passing on to another generation. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if things like doctrine or religion um, help or hurt. Can a child really like n- know a certain path? It okay, can hurt. No, no. It can definitely hurt. Excuse me. I've seen it. Not even help or hurt. I think we all have though. But definitely, we have, we're we're all victims of that in one way or the other because sure. our the savior that we grew up with didn't look like us. Mm. For you, mm-hmm. if you're bringing him up in this church, mm-hmm. if you're bringing up with this specific doctrine, mm-hmm. are you changing the doctrine to fit your particular family in a certain way? I when you e, say changing the doctrine. What you mean? I e um uh not changing the doctrine. You're right. Um, not changing the doctrine. Mm-hmm. Are you helping with the images of doctrine? There has to be some kind of picture correlation when it comes to words. Especially well, for, for one, children. as a, I mean, I'm a Christian. So with, in Christianity, there's not supposed to be any images to begin with. But we know, especially when we're teaching the children. For sure. That images, they're not, we don't worship the images. Mm-hmm. These are just suppositions. None of the images are correct. So mm-hmm. as long as we're not giving that ad, ad adorance, so that's never going to be an idol. Because an idol is what you have to. So we can have these representations of the image of this savior. Do do you think at this age, your son is, like you say, your son is going to graduate high school in 10 years. So he's in middle school right now. Is he, if if he no, is. He's in, he's in fourth grade. Fourth grade. Yeah. You said he's nine, 27? He's nine years old. 20. Not, oh, 919. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It, at this age especially, mm-hmm. do you know if his version of God's Savior mm-hmm. looks like him? Um, I don't know. But also, that's that would not be a focus at this point in time. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even... I don't... I don't impress too hard, like... 
Ooh. that that yeah. aspect. Right. Like right. I mean, he's, color to a fourth grader. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like it's yeah. not. That's not. Yeah. I'm not beating anything into him. Like any decision he makes or anything that he learns, it's like he learns it at church. Um, if if I see something, I'll call it out. Like. I mean, I think we were watching, somebody was, we were at somebody's house and they were watching some quote unquote Bible movie. And I was like, man, if y'all don't turn off these. Ben Hur's lit, man. What are you talking like, about? Y'all, you don't turn off these fake white Jews. Like, <laughs> they was not white. Like, get out of here, man. Like, you know what I mean? So I would, I would say stuff like that. But I'm not like on his head, like, son, this is the, re-. you know, it's just, it's, we, we not there yet. We not Four. there yet at nine years old. At fourth grade is nine years old. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we not there yet. Okay. No, I totally understand. But there, but there will come a time. But what I'm, what I'm doing right now, bro, <clears throat> is I'm taking a very proactive approach to not raise him in something that is going to trip him up later on. So what I'm doing right now is removing my family from traditional holidays that act like they're a part of Christianity or from Christianity, but they're not. So I've already... I'm on I'm on the fence about Thanksgiving. I already know Thanksgiving is trash. It's the the story that was told was not about no dinner between you know what I mean between the the white folks and the and the natives. Like nah, it was about celebrations of victory. What we got yeah yeah over yeah. massacring exactly. you know villages or whatever. So that's what that is. Um, but I've already made the announcement. Not the announcement. Like I talked to my wife. I told her like, look, I don't want to participate in this stuff. She was kind of fight me in the summertime and now like the more and more we read and we just kind of do research it's like nah we can't we can't be a part of this so we're not celebrating Christmas not will there be not celebrating instead no we're not celebrating Easter we just gonna we gonna change it I mean we're, we're going more towards um the godly like the scriptural like we're gonna celebrate Passover because that's in the scripture like that was there that's a part of the faith all this other stuff that's not a part of the faith that that the Roman Empire would in would kind of include mm. and and graft in just because of the areas that they conquered already did that so hey we'll just slap Jesus on top of it boom and then we're, we're gonna make this Christian so we can all do this together and we can keep y'all somewhat in control because you feel like you're a part of this you know what I mean so all of that fake stuff that they just slapped a, a Jesus sticker on top of um we're we're not we're not gonna participate in that because that will lead him to think that that stuff is really talking about Jesus when it's not as far as, you know, the Christmas holiday or even Easter, which is even worse. Like that has nothing to do with Christianity. Mm-hmm. Absolutely nothing like zero connection. And so it's just like, I don't, I don't want to lead him down a path to think that that's true when I know that it's not. And so when he grows up, he's like, yo, my parents lied to me. Why they lied to me? Yo, if that's a lie, that's probably a lie that's probably a lie if my parents did if that's they just wanted to lie to me to keep me in line i'm done i don't care what they said to me and then it's like they don't you know what i mean that's what a lot of people do you you find out and that's a natural process that's a natural process so i was like why why lie to my kid i'm just like yo this ain't had nothing to do this has nothing to do with jesus bro gotcha it has nothing to do with our faith so it's not it's not in the book it's not in the scriptures i don't care what pastor said i don't care what society says you know, so I'm gonna do the right, the right thing for the right reason, and uh, and so we can celebrate things that are really important to us, and we can go all out for things that are really important. Like I'm gonna go all out for your birthday. I'm gonna go all out for um, 
Like so, I could, I could, I could just shower you with gifts at any point in time. Like I don't have to wait until society tells me to do it. I got to be on their schedule. Do you I don't have to be under with... their control. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And he doesn't have to be under their control. But we all, as a people, are controlled by the holiday system. We work off that. We spend money off that. We shop off that. Everything that we do in America, it, around the world, we're all controlled. We're on the same schedule. We're all programmed to react to all that stuff, to all the marketing, all of that. And all of it is trash, so <laughs> for the you, most part, you bro. think about the, uh, the opposing um, opinions, not the opposing opinions, the opposing... So it's like if you're not in this system, mm -hmm. you would be more so in a more natural place. Mm. So is there any, like would you celebrate sol solstices? Would you celebrate the equinox? Would there be any kind of connection to like, astrology doesn't have to be horoscopes. Mm -hmm. Astrology could very well be, um, yo, this is the longest day of the year. This is the shortest day of the year. Mm -hmm. These are, you know what I mean? These are parts of the year, the day right before um, so fall. Mm -hmm. Easter falls in like somewhere around the spring equinox, mm -hmm. which should be, you know what I mean? That's the new year, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? In many, in many different uh, civilizations. Mm -hmm. So is there any, is there, are you cutting away? I'm, I'm hearing, I'm, like, I'm asking, are you substituting them? Are you having other celebrations? It sounds like you're taking away, and I and I have some Jehovah Witnesses. I'm just gonna, friends I'm going to create. We're going to create a different sense of why we celebrate celebration. Right? Yeah, I'm just I'm what I'm. It's a it's an experiment. I don't have a model that I'm following after. So what I'm doing is kind of like what you were saying. Like I I'm reviewing what's happened and what's going on. I don't see any fruit from it, and so I reviewed it and I don't like it, and so I'm going to come up with my own. Mm. We'll see how it goes. So and I, I like that and you're I still and using the foundation of where you are. Yeah, you're not trying to build something completely new. Nah, I'm gonna just I'm gonna just revise. redirect, re revise how we do this. Just like, yo, I don't have to. And then, honestly, with these with these holidays, like it's it's a whole bunch of pressure. A lot of times, you don't want to do all of the stuff that you feel like you you feel like you're obligated to do because oh, it's the hot. We I have to get gifts for everybody. What if what if you don't have money? You're gonna go in debt, <laughs> and also <laughs> you're gonna go in debt. But bro. think about the community cohesion that creates, and I think that that, amongst other things, is why people do it. Not so much because, oh, you know, what I mean, there is, it. especially when it comes to you know family. I get it. I understand that family needs something to create some kind of cohesion. Mm -hmm. you know, classroom, whatever mm -hmm. it is, Secret Santa. There are these things that have such great beginnings and reasons. Mm -hmm. But then I have a label slapped on them. But really I, but I would say, I would rather. I mean, I'm already, you know, I I bought in. You know what I mean. But I would I would rather be under a system of living in a way that is going to be um, fruitful and positive for my life, as opposed to just living under a system that really hasn't done anything for me. To be honest, like what has the system of white supremacy really done for me in all the in all the marketing and all the capitalism and all that stuff, all the, the created holiday? What has Valentine's Day really done for me? Absolutely nothing. What has Christmas really done for me? I mean, it's it's great memories because it's family, 
you know what I mean? And, and you get a few gifts, but it's like me as a person, I can receive gifts or give gifts at any time. I don't have to wait for when they say it's my time to do this and what and what they say, oh, this is what you're supposed to do. This is these are the new gift. This is blah, blah, this is it's Black Friday. Everybody go shopping right now. This is when you do it. It's Cyber Monday, guys. So I it can, sounds like it, it's great that you, it's this isn't just exclusive to your lifestyle, but this is going on in your in your understanding of religion as well. Is that you're taking away that, that which doesn't serve you? It does not exactly. Yeah, that's a, you no, you that. summed it up perfectly. That's that it. which does not serve me, Absolutely. or it. serve God. And I get that as well, man. And and in in understanding those, uh, I guess in understanding those two relationships. There doesn't have to be a substitute. There was just going to be, hopefully, like I said, this is an experiment. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe more of a, cons- a concerted effort to make those celebrations really a celebration. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like and when the birthday comes around, we're really, we're really gonna, we're gonna go crazy it. on these yeah. birthdays. Man. I'm gonna go crazy for you. Absolutely. I'm not gonna go crazy for everything that has nothing to do with my family and me and my prosperity. Christmas has nothing to do with me. It didn't start for me. It didn't start for my God who I serve. It doesn't do anything for me. It serves me no purpose. When I when I step away from the emotion of the family coming together, we can come together at a family reunion. I don't have to wait till December 25th and then fly. No, I get that. You, I get you that. see what I'm saying? I totally understand that. When it comes to when it comes to we're talking about yes, it is very much a a, a it's a social construct before it's an economic construct. Mm. So there was a reason for that is December twenty fifth is a very important astrological day, but the the fact that people come together for whatever reason, it's like someone told me she was like, "Yo, Valentine's Day is just a day that you can re- be reminded that hey, you know what, somebody can do something for you, and you don't necessarily need it. For, you don't need it to happen, but when it does happen, you you know what I mean you're happy. You about know that. how much we hate as men. We hate Valentine's Absolutely. Day. Yo, I, and I. You gotta buy flowers. You gotta buy, and then, and then just it's this pressure to do some stuff. It's like it's not natural. And it's like forcing somebody to love you. You can't force but somebody. You, to love you. you know you're gonna feel bad oh, every year if you it's don't gonna do it. Ha- you know you're gonna feel bad every year. Yo, so there is no not doing it. But what what I used to do mm-hmm. is just do it on the off day. Do it like on the seventh. So when the fourth scene come around, no, don't ask me. For <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I did this just because. I didn't do this for Valentine's Day. I did this just because. Mm-hmm. And make the Valentine's Day a reminder that, oh, you know what? That is coming up. Let me do something now so I'm not playing into that Valentine's game. Mm-hmm. But it's still a great reminder to do something significant for my person. Yeah. And I think that that is where that there's going to be a sense of, of, of lacking. Whenever people you 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 you're in this society, you're in this world. You're gonna be seeing little, or you're gonna see all the reminders of what you're not gonna be doing. Yeah. You know what I mean in that season, and that is that's hard because I've had friends that were Jehovah Witnesses, mm-hmm. and growing up they had a really really hard time not being able to like engage with us growing up. Because they in can't just in celebrate school. anything. They don't celebrate anything. They don't even celebrate birthdays, teeth, nothing. And it's like that's they the the kids really resent that because you're ostracizing me. And you know kids are mean, bro. Yeah. Kids will kids will focus on what you are not. Mm-hmm. If you're not the same, we will we they will harp on that intensely. Mm-hmm. So it's like we always knew who the Jehovah Witnesses are because they were they were solemn. They mm-hmm. were solemn at those times where everyone was excited. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I I 
I'm not a parent, so there's no way I can tell it's you. It's going to be rough. Parent. I already know. And like, I know, I just... and it's just like, man, please, man, let me, us, let us all be supportive. And yeah. if anyone has any experience with this, I know there are at least, man, there might not be any parents up right now. Yo, it's 9 o'clock on a Thursday. Y'all not listening to this radio. <laughs> Y'all are probably in your car smoking smoking your reefers because you just <laughs> laid the kids down. <laughs> Uh, but if you are in your car and you are have been listening, give us a call here in the um, here in the air room at five zero three two three one eight one eight seven. The time is now one. It's now nine o'clock, nine o one to be exact. And you are listening to KBOO Portland. Mm. You're gonna enjoy this. But Nas to be rapping like this in 2018, and he had just dropped an album in this same year. That was Tridash. There's well, no, it's, it, there's just no, I, I can't I, without there being something significant that can't be spoken to the public about. There's just it doesn't make sense, man. This man just did. He did what? Uh, Life is beautiful, and then he does that Nasir. No. But look, it's that's that's the part where I think in the music business. As fans, sometimes it's easy to discount what production will do for an artist. Production is key. If you give an artist the right type of beat, they're going to spaz. If you give the artist as another type of beat, it's not going to sound as clean. This is Nas and Kanye West. I know, but the beats were trash. That's all that mattered, though. His the only flow beat on the beats, the only beat, uh, yes, I know. Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. Only one that's that wrote. Because, but, but that's that's Nas's tempo. So why would you take Nas out of his lane, yo? Yo, Nas when you has done when that on his own albums, when your producer is out of his lane, mm, mentally, talk about it. You know, talk about it though. And, and also, what would it really would, be a mental thing though? Do you really feel like he's he's bipolar? Yeah, okay. What are the actions? Forget what he's talking about. Forget mm-hmm. what the media is saying. We see somebody who's suffering from. Yo, it's amazing. Kardashianitis that, is that what you're trying to say? It could be that. Okay. It could be him. It, it could be a, there could be a lot of things going on. Mm-hmm. Does this does this give credence? to the conversation that's really going on right now when it comes to black mental health. Speaking of, mm. speaking of, yes, is sir. that is that are you still rocking? Still. The word, man. Yeah. Are you finding value in it already? Definitely. Like easily, like yes. Like I I start to slow down in my reactions and like really think things through. You're able to apply it to your life? Oh, for sure. That's what it's all about. And so now like when things happen that don't go my way, and I'm ready to react. Now I'm thinking through, all right, my whole purpose of going here is so I can be a better person. Mm. If I react like this, is this on the path of mm. becoming the best me? No. You're mindful now, man. Very mindful. Very mindful. Like, it it, it even got to a point where, like, me being married. So, when you get married, I know that day is coming for you, my brother. I believe it, man. When you get married, you're going to have those moments with your wife where you're going to be like, yo, this woman is crazy. Like, what is she doing? What is she thinking? Because, we, you know, as men and women, we just do not operate mentally on the same plane. It's just like we process information way different. Emotions, too. Emotions, yes, for sure. 
And so um, it was just one of those things where we were processing one event totally different. And then I was just so worked up, so mad because you really get mad, you know, when you have fallouts with people that you love. And just thinking just all kinds of crazy thoughts and just my anger is building up. But then I'm like, all right, wait, wait, wait. All right. I know what I want to say right now. Will it be constructive? Will it be constructive? No, it won't. And I know how I feel right now. And I feel like I just want to leave. But I know that's not going to happen. But then it's then I was thinking like, how can I get out of this mind state? Like what what can I do? And then um, the movie that has saved my life so many times, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Anytime I feel like my wife is tripping, they're like, all right, man, I need an Eternal Sunshine moment. Like, let me think about all the good things. All the things that I could like really applaud her for and just like praise her for right now. And I just thought about a lot of things that she has done, a lot of adjustments that she has made with me and with the family over the past like five, six months. And I'm like, yo, you have to think farther. That far, I didn't that have to go back. back that far. I was like, yo, why am I tripping over this? Like she's done this. Like the good has outweighed the bad so much. But when you have that bad moment, it feels like the end of the world when you're married. Because you got to go home and you got to deal with it. And you can't run away from it. So having to be in that environment feels like death. Being in that Cold War, it feels like death. You know what I mean? Ooh, I'm about to play that song. So, uh, but then I thought about all the good things that have transpired, man. And I was like, yo, this, this little fallout that we're having, it pales in comparison to all the good things that have happened and so it took me about 15 20 minutes of really processing and so the text message that i sent after the 20 minutes was way lovelier than what i was about to send if i would have reacted just like that was 20 minutes was is there a target no is that's just how long it took me to really realize really like de-escalate my emotions and really have perspective is it ever longer situation. than that huh is it ever longer than that is it ever I don't, i'm new at this normally i would just oh good i there. would just fly off the handle there would be no processing of any information i would just speak my mind and because i'm in a negative place i would say something that i would probably regret or just it would come across in a way that it didn't need to come across anyway because i really didn't need to say that like it was i didn't need to die on that hill today <laughs> you know what I mean? It was what we were about to argue about wasn't even worth the negative energy because there's so much good that had happened. It was just like, yo, what? Nah, no, it's cool. Like it's not like it's an issue, but it's not an issue. Like we in this for life. Like this little thing, that's nothing compared to the next 15, 20 years of what we really need to work on. So I was like, yo, come on now. So I just had to put it in perspective, and I just had, like I said, think about all the good things that have happened. And uh, it helped me come out of that with a much better outcome than what it would have been. We still had to have one of them talks and, you know, we still had to deal with the issue at hand. But it went a lot better than it would have went if I would have had that conversation or been in that same situation, you know, eight to 12 months ago. It would have been a big blow up. Right. But and, And when I see blow ups and when I hear people that react. I understand it in some way because it is you there is there is energy that needs to come out it needs to be spent some way somehow right now so you so think. it sounds like you swallow it 
and then you cool and you're able to like okay and it passes that feeling of like you know eruption mm-hmm. passes mm-hmm. it's it's no different than did you play football in high school no nah, i'm not even telling you what, what sport i played man lacrosse man, damn did i tell you already no i oh, just guess because i said yeah, yeah yeah lacrosse i played lacrosse in high school man I mean, you look like a lacrosse. Yo, type. yo, yo, yo <laughs> that be your life, yo. That be your life, <laughs> bro. Never in your life. Don't you ever say that, yo? You talk about holy, <laughs> holy smoke, man. Hey, hey, you hey. set me up, bro. You, you gave me the alley. <laughs> no, man. I had to. No, man. You see, yo. you see those that are close to you. You see what they do, man. You see what they do. You look like a lacrosse nigga, man, right? right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> see that nah bro nah don't see that don't see that keep your eyes closed oh that's funny but uh but yeah like in in football one thing i learned is like everything hurts and so the way that i dealt with pain was instead of me thinking about how much pain i was in and like dealing with the pain as i'm going to the next play i would literally stop for two to three seconds, we like, ah! Mm. All right, that's the pain. Boom, okay, it hurt. On to the next play. And I acknowledged that pain, and I, like, dealt with it right there in the moment and gave it all the energy I had, but only for two to three seconds. But then I didn't let it affect me mentally because I did every, I just dealt with it right there. I'm done with that pain, okay? So now I'm on to the next play because I got to keep playing. And somebody's going to come full speed at me, and I got to tackle them. I got to take them out. It sounds like you, you're learning mindfulness through sports. And that's what's really wild because that's mm. exactly the doctrine of mindfulness. Mm. Is that see, you feel something, mm-hmm. be in the feeling. Right don't ever deny it Mm-mm. because that's only going to either make it be- make it worse mm-hmm. and don't push it away, don't stifle it. Mm-hmm. Be in it and then let it go. Yeah. And that's that's how you meditate, really. Mm. That's what I hear about that, about thoughts. Mm-hmm. You, you know, as they come, all right. But you know what I mean? Don't ever let them stay for too yeah, long. You got to acknowledge it and you got to deal with it and crush it because a lot of it is mental. Like you can play. I can still play. I know I can play because I've done it. So I can either play with a whack attitude because I'm in pain, quote unquote, or I can just take that pain. Like I know it's going to be fine. I know it hurts. Yeah, it hurts. Okay. I acknowledge that pain. Now I'm done with that pain. That pain is not going to stop me because I know I can still play. And that's it. It's just mind over matter. So same thing with the relationship. Yo, I'm going to deal with this right now. You know, all right, I'm, I'm angry or whatever, but I'm not going to allow it to affect me for an extended period of time because this emotion that I feel like I need to get out and I need to deal with and I need to react, I really don't need to react to it. Mm. I can just swallow it and acknowledge it, but then continue to be constructive and not let this energy ruin the rest of my day and ruin the rest of my week with my wife and I'm going to bed frustrated at night because she gives me that cold shoulder. Right. I want the warm shoulder. <laughs> I want I you want, want the, the you want the other shoulder. You don't want the shoulder. You don't want the shoulder. You want the I other. want both shoulders. There you go. You know what I mean? There we go. Warm. Hey you guys, you've been listening to Evable Radio. Mm. This is Emmanuel. Williams, up, the founder, proprietor, Ooh, and the I like that. founder, proprietor, and the uh, I guess the the, the the front man. You know what I mean? Could to keep you going. I'm a one the, man band. <laughs> the Low socks key. and sandals podcast. Word. And he is here. Uh, he just dropped an episode two days ago. Yeah. On uh, what was that? 
Tuesday. Tuesday. Dropped yeah. an episode Tuesday. Yeah. Um, Portland native has been here and, and using his uh, his access um, and his connections to really, really bring a, a very, very original um, understanding to Portland and to life in general. Because if I'm not mistaken, the Socks and Sandals podcast is where? Is as far as episode no, wise, or yeah, just come on, man. I set you up. Oh, tag man, right there, I wasn't, man. I was sleeping over here looking at that? scores. Yeah, man, I'm dirt. Man. Oh, wow, man, it's, it's where, you fantasy. No, nah, I'm looking at real life. The oh, Blazers okay. just won, they, we beat the Clippers. Uh, Milwaukee oh, is smacking Golden State right now, 103 77 in the Oof. third quarter. It's kind of crazy, but uh, yeah, Socks and Sandals is where society, culture, history, and religion collide, and we unapologetically discuss our worldview. So uh, anytime you're listening to the podcast, and it's on iTunes, it's on SoundCloud, it's on Stitcher. Um, search Look at do- socks. Look, you're not going anywhere, bro. You're not going anywhere, man. S O X and sandals. <laughs> Ampersand. Okay? Yeah, no, just and when you spell it out, it's and on Cause, cause iTunes. Cause so, uh, so yeah, anytime you listen to the podcast, if I'm not going solo, which is very rare. It's going to be a constructive conversation. Whatever topic we're talking about, I'm going to have somebody that is a subject matter expert that knows what they're talking about. Uh, we, I try to get away from a purely opinion-based conversations and get into fact-based and expertise so that whenever we're talking about religion, whenever we're talking about race, whenever we're talking about sex or gender, whatever we're talking about, it's going to be someone that's from that background so everyone can learn something from that conversation. So that's what Socks and Sandals is all about. And it's all about unapologetic expression, man. Whoever you are, express yourself, bring your full self to the conversation, and we're going to have a respectful dialogue. We're going to challenge each other, but it's going to be respectful. Hey, man, where, where else can you find that? Thank you, Kabu, for creating a, a platform that we can share this with people. And man, shout uh, out to Kabu, man. Yeah, man. Affable Radio, guys. We're going to take a musical break. We'll be right back. Significant time, man. And is that a good movie? Was it like more... Consp- no, it was like a... It was a pure conspiracy. It wasn't a movie. I think it was just like a documentary and it was a comp- conspiracy theory and saying that like the Mothman were going to come back and it was going to be the end of human civilization as we know. You see this? It's like Ancient Aliens. You ever watch Ancient Aliens? Mm-mm. Dude, the first season... The first season of Ancient Aliens is incredible. Mm-hmm. And again, you have to sensationalize things, but there's always grains of truth. Mm. And when you feel it out, you go, yo, let me, let me pull that and let me put that into Google. You find incredible things. Mm-hmm. Because there are some things that are at the Temple of Giza and that are on the Giza Plateau and that are in, you know what I mean, like deep, deep sub-Saharan Africa that is just incredible. Mm-hmm. And I want, that's one of the questions. How did you feel about that interview, man? I, I, that was one of the questions that What's I was really be? hoping that you, um, the, the, the comedic oh, professor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the questions that I really was gonna, what, that I was hoping that we could get to, but that could, maybe, you know what, there are two more parts, so maybe it, it will be getting to, is not just his timeline, but like, the technologies, you know what I mean? Man, yeah. I wish I would have been able to ask you. You know, he gave me some good questions to ask him, but I thought that was fascinating. Yeah, he didn't get to the technologies. He didn't get to the technologies, for mm-hmm. sure. And he had a very simplified way of just, like, bringing people across the world. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was really interesting because it's like, okay, Egypt was amazing because it's where three continents make meet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Three. It's like, come on. It's where Africa, Europe, and Asia meet. And mm-hmm. then, so, of course, you're going to get a super concentration of all these cultural, magnificent ways of blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. 
But the Nile was such an interesting place because Nubia was south and the Nile flows south to north. Mm -hmm. And so all of those cultures from deep within Africa that had no contact with any other civilization were able to come up with all these different things, come together, and then of course meet somebody. You know, meet over at Egypt, which I think is a great place to make the center of the world because of all the different possibilities that mm -hmm. are there. Um, these dates, whenever we hear these <laughs> crazy things, there's always a there's some small grain of truth in there, mm -hmm. and that truth really needs to be fleshed out. And it's a profound truth. Yeah. But these things are really, really convoluted to where we just throw the baby out with the bathwater. And I think that is such a I think that's a strategy more so than just happenstance. You know what I mean? Like you say, Christmas. I'm throwing out the whole Christmas thing. Mm -hmm. But when we think when we look at you know all these different things that that happen in nature, mm -hmm. naturally in our in our world every year, that's a very significant day. Just like you know around. Passover is a very significant time. Not so much because of the religious aspect, but because just naturally, mm -hmm. if we look at the clock enough and we look at these patterns, we find out that, yo, this is really significant because that's when we can start doing these things. Mm -hmm. um, do your kids enjoy being outside? Because I know that that's something that doesn't really happen anymore, as I mm. understand it. Somebody told me that um, she's a teacher. She's one of my childhood friends. She's a teacher that goes to New Jersey. And I grew up going, being on the bus since fourth, fourth grade. Fourth grade was the first time I got on the city bus to go wow. home. I remember because it, it was raining and I was crying because I think it might have been like almost the last day of school. <laughs> and that was one of the memories that I'll never forget because I was standing right, right outside of a checkers. Right, catch the 24 home. But she said kids don't catch public transportation anymore. Nah. It's not happening. And is that because of like chest to chest of child molester that's running around out here? The All, all the uncertainties yeah, of what could happen to them? It's two ones. It's, it, it's just different. It's just different. Like, you know, you know that neighborhood vibe that neighborhoods block had? parties, going to... Like, everybody looked blocks. out for each other? I didn't even just looked out, but, like, we... It, <sighs> it's just it's just not the same, bro. People are weird, man. People are strange. And so, public transportation... I mean, it could happen at the age of... I mean, it can definitely happen now because, like, if you give your kid a cell phone, you can always be in touch with them. But just by and large like people aren't putting their kids on public transportation like it's just not happening like people will call an uber for their kids that's what I'm, that's they, what she said she yeah. said no nah, no nah, people are calling ubers for their kids now yeah it's safer it's just one person de delivering them directly to where, where they're they going and you don't have to deal with no strangers or not paying attention getting off at the wrong stop walking a few blocks getting lost like no nah, you don't have to deal with any of that's that that's what we did yeah. oh my god I we're know. old though we bro. Old, bro we old this is crazy man that's what it is man Yo, these kids these days is a term that I almost said the other but day but you asked something about, about them going outside yeah the kids yeah like, my kids go to the park, bro. It's a park. I mean, we're surrounded by parks in our neighborhood, like two parks, it's Kenton Park and Trenton Park. Just we're right in the middle between them. So like six blocks either direction. So uh, I take my kids to the park. And I've been taking my son to the park since he was, you know, two, three years old. Like I used to go, I used to take him all the time after daycare when he was little. So he loves going. My daughter asked me to go to the park every day. Like Are there every people that they meet there? I mean, there's kids that he sees from his school. But it's just like it don't matter if it's if we see somebody we know or not. Like they just want to go to the He's park. He's going for the park. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, um, and my daughter, she gets on every swing. Like if there's eight swings on a playground, she has to go on every swing, and I have to push her high every time. You know what I mean? And my son's just gonna run around. So, I just instill that in them early. Like, I think, as as we're adults now, we say like. 
back in the day, they was all oh, y'all generation, these kids, and now we're saying these kids, but these kids are a product of us. If these kids do something a certain way, it's because we condition them and we allow them to do it. If we say, oh, these kids, all they do, they on the phone all the time. These, these five-year-olds and six-year-olds, they all on the phone. Who gave them the phone? Who allowed them to be on the phone? Yeah, well, five and six is a lot different than 15 and 16. Too. I'm just saying, though, like, these kids don't go outside no more. Why, why aren't they outside? <laughs> Back in the day, did we have a choice? Oh, no. Nah. No. 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 Go outside. You better be out, or you were like writing dictionary words or something. Yeah, like mom and them, they, like our parents wanted us out the house. They needed their time, and so, granted, it was safer back then. We could be on the block, and you know, it's it's a family environment. But still, though, like if my kids don't go to the park and they don't enjoy the park, that's on me because I didn't instill that in them, and I didn't take them out there, or I just didn't force them to go out. Like you know, you're not just gonna be on the phone on the game all day every day. Because if you give them the choice, they, they will. will. But if we take control, like, yo, this is what you're going to We go out to go to the park. And then they'll just naturally love it. Like, because kids do like playing. But if you don't condition them to that, then they'll just be stuck on, you know, technology because it's easier to get stuck on it. Do you find yourself, children are a lot more sociable than we are. Do you find it annoying when your kids are like all playing with other kids and then like you got to go like kick it with their parents? Cause I get as we get older, it's like no new friends. You know what I mean? Like mm. people are just really like, nah, I'm I'm good with. My, especially when you have a family. Especially I'm noticing Word. that too. It's just like, look, it's only about the family, which I think is really dangerous for communities right now sometimes. Mm. Because it's just like, hey man, I gotta feed my I gotta feed my kids. That's mm. why people are cops. That's why people mm. shut off people's power. That's why people, you know what I mean, kick people out of their houses. Hey man, I gotta feed my kids, mm-hmm. and that's that's the justification of that. And I'm like, yo, that's really tearing a community apart. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, you know what I mean, you don't have no community if you don't have families in that community. So it's such a really, it's a strange paradox that you live. Mm-hmm. Um, do you ever find it annoying that just like I'm gonna have to go like kick it with these parents now? Not, not really. I mean, it's just it's temporary. So they're playing with the with the kid and. If the parent is cool, they you know they cool and we talk. But but sometimes like it's 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 a necessary evil. <laughs> like because sometimes the parents look sketch or something like that. Like there, uh, for instance, there was a guy at the park. He might hear this, Larry. Larry, you know you know who you are. Larry, Larry, Larry you're not supposed to be in the park named Larry. Bro. Yo, Larry was playing his ukulele, just strumming. Looking like the Pied Piper. He had and a 70s, he had a did, 70s porno stash. And he was playing his guitar. And like, Man, so so my wife was like, yo, who is that guy? And I'm just like, I don't know. He's just playing the guitar. It's like, nah, he looked kind of weird. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, he looks kind of strange, but whatever. I'm sure he has a kid here. And then there was another mom sitting to the left of me. And she was just like, and like, and so my daughter went up to him because she likes guitars. And she was always playing her little fake guitar at the house. And she was, and then my wife kind of grabbed her and was like, hey, we don't talk to strangers. Mm-hmm. And then another lady, so I'm standing over to the side, another lady to the left, she's like, hey, I seen your wife talk to that guy. Like, do you think he has a kid here? I'm like, ah, I'm sure he does. So it's another mother that came up that to me. I'm like, feeling the same way. So I go over there and it's like, hey, man, what's going on? How you doing? He's like, oh, I'm good. He was a really nice guy. Larry's very nice. And, he, and I was like, so, yeah, man, you come here a lot. You got, you got your kids. Yeah, my, my son is over there. I think it was, was his son? Yeah, his son. Was he, yeah, my, my son is over there. I was like, all right, cool. Boom. So his kid was there, but he looked very strange. But not only that his kid was there, but that he has a kid. 
Yeah, for sure. Like, he has a kid, and his kid is there. But, like, I had to make sure, and it was, like, awkward. And then, like, 10 minutes, we had a really good conversation. 10 minutes into it, I was like, yeah, man, I had to come over here, man. Like, you know, I got, got the women. You look weird, bro. I got, yeah. Bro, you- he's, he's like, yo, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just trying to normalize playing a ukulele in public. I was like, yeah, I feel you, bro. Trying to normalize a whole but lot it more, looks, man. it looks kind of a little, it looks a little sketchy, bro. So I had to come over here and say, he's like, yeah, I know you kind of, you know, you see me playing. It's like, yeah, man, but you know, we good. And so I, I seen him the next time I went to the park. We cool, like we good. That's my guy. Larry's my guy. So, but it's, it's sometimes you have awkward interactions with parents, and it is what it is, bro. They're mm-hmm. just people. We're gonna leave in ten minutes, so I'm, I may or may not see you again. But it's all good. It's not that bad. Is there a community of parents? Besides, like, PTA and all that? What do you mean? When it comes to, like, children-focused parents. Every, for the most part, most, the parents that you see at the park, their kids are children-focused. But, you know, I got, we have our friends and family that have kids, and when we have birthday parties, and when we want to do stuff with, with the kids, we all link up as a community. You know what I mean? All my partners got kids, for the most part, except for you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't wish that on me, bro. Yeah, got, you know what I mean? I got, I got, I got, I got, I got another, I got another form of, like, discipline. Yeah, but, like, in, in my neighborhood, I mean, to keep it a thou well, like, it's just, is there, are there any other black families with kids on my block? One, but they're, like, living with their family and, She's not too talkative. Um, but yeah, there's there's just there's not a lot of black families with kids in our neighborhood. And to be honest, like so you it's know just, who he's talking to? Six blocks from Kenton, six blocks from Trenton Park. <laughs> <laughs> they stay across the street. I don't think they're listening, but you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it it is what it is. But it's like it's it's tough to build that community, um, just because like we don't have a lot of us where we live because Portland is so gentrified and not a lot of people stay in the city like they used to and uh yeah bro so that's just what it is you want to get away from it so much but there's so many conversations that you could have about this city and this culture that Mm -hmm. lead back to that what systematic redlining and 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 i remember i talked to what's his name eric shouts out to eric yeah i met him at the dog park the other day Mm-hmm. I had a whole Twitter rant about him um, the other night, mm. but it was really interesting because he has been in li- he's lived two blocks from Alberta Park for twenty years, mm. right? And so I, I I tested him. I was like, "Where?" I was like, "How old are your dogs?" Da, da, da. He was like, "Oh yeah, she's about eight. I was like, "Oh, so you've been bringing your dogs to this park?" He was like, "This park?" Yeah. <laughs> no, he get he had the same reaction I did that one night, huh? <laughs> He's like, nah, I ain't walked through here, bro. Here, he was like, that was like the border between. But like, he had some like fantastical, but I mean, it really was. He was like, nah, n- never. Mm-hmm. He was like, no way, I would mm-hmm. never be over here. No, I just started coming to just this park, started. and I lived two blocks from here. And so that was really real, and that's that really, a fact. Man, I, I just, just be able to get some of this history and see what is changing, and you know how things have been developing, is. Oh, shouts out to the new news director here at Cable because she's Word. a she's a young lady that went to school in the Bay. She just graduated last year, and she is from Portland. Her family she's like fourth generation from Portland. Nice. And I, definitely, we have to get these records of people, man. Mm-hmm. I really want to hear these records of what things used to look like, mm-hmm. or just the conversations about how people used to be, because that is going to be a, in another gender. Dude, your kids aren't going to really care about that. 
just think about the Portland that they that they grew up with when it when it starts coming online when they can start like exploring and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna know anything about what you grew up with. Yeah. They're gonna know even less about what you know. What I mean, your parents grew up with like this church was built by my wife. You know what I mean? Like mm. her. This is this was not here before. Yeah. It's always been there. Yeah. So these are conversations that absolutely need to be had, especially in this community, because everybody has their own white power to white people black power to black people brown power to brown people like everybody needs to be empowered pause and that is the pause only- oh, here we go here bro, we go there is no white power there is all power to all people stop what you mean bro white power is not come on bro it is not going anywhere that's what it is just like guns so let's acknowledge it and let's no. make sure that it is. No, it's. It needs I will to be never trained. acknowledge white power. You acknowledge it at least four times in this conversation by say white supremacy. But that white supremacy and white power. You can't. You we can't. Are, you can't say white power. We are playing the semantics game today. We are playing sin- you can't synonyms, say synonyms power. today. <laughs> synonyms. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you go ahead and roll white power. But this is. This is. These are triggering words to some people, and then yeah. think about how many times you just said that. What? White power. Like, you literally just said it four times. Yeah, you made me But we're saying it because in the context of all power, all people, this isn't going anywhere. There needs to be a corralling of that power, and there needs to be very much a a fertile soil that we can grow this power that we have for our community of. And these conversations, this history, these people that we have that are artifacts of what Portland used to look like right now need to be recorded, Joe. Mm. And I think we might we might have to take this show on the road, man. I might have to start talking, knocking on doors and having conversations with people in their houses because I think this is something that's like... That's... I mean, it would be good just for, like you said, for like for hi- historical us. records. Yes. Yeah, yes. For sure. That's all I'm looking for. Yeah. I want to make sure black power is very much remembered because Portland is changing, bro. Yeah. Anybody that's coming in, it's changed yeah. drastically. And yeah. I, I just hear whispers. I've only been here for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. But I hear a lot of whispers of what this place and those whispers are fading, man. Mm-hmm. You don't recognize Mississippi anymore. Just you growing up and seeing yeah. what it used to look like out there. Yeah. Man, Brand crazy. new world, bro. Brand new city. And less than in, in just a, a fraction of the time it takes for other cities to do that. Mm-hmm. Brooklyn's been changing for ten or fifteen years. Mm-hmm. You know, Portland did that in half the time. Yeah. So I think that's a real that's real trouble, man. That's real trouble. But we're going to end with one more song. Thank you so much for coming through. Man, appreciate you for having me, bro. This has been always cha- always, always fun to be challenged. Always fun to, to be able to have discourse, man. It was good, man. And, and I'm, was, I'm not going to... I'm not gonna lie. Like I thought it was gonna be like more smoky in here, bro. Like you. Oh man. You know. Yo, I'm hurting right now. Bro. Why are you hurting? I'm hurting right now, man. I thought she was coming. So these are today was a day that is. Um... Oh. Okay. 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 <laughs> it just it just is... registered. I'm slow. I got you. I got I'm you. Slow. I'm Today's slow. a day that is again. I really wanted to today stay on task and not talk about the religion. Yeah. We didn't really talk about the convictions in the first half of the show, but yeah. we at least took it away from trying to, you know, normalize doctrine. I even think that we got to a nice little um, zone when we were saying just like upgrade, whatever needs to be upgraded. You know what I mean? Add yeah. new, add new values that haven't been considered before. Yeah. And try to curtail this to be more specific towards us. Yeah, and I I think that's, that's been my awakening, mm. like over the past, like, even taking my quote unquote religion. And examining that, mm-hmm. like I told you, like I don't, I don't go to Sunday church anymore. Like I removed myself from my church like two, three years ago. 
you know, like there's a lot of things about my quote unquote religion that's done in a way that it shouldn't be done. Mm. That I'm start like a look at the scriptures versus what I'm seeing being played out in the world. These are two totally different things. The stuff you hear in a song versus what's in the book, the gospel song, gospel record, and stuff you hear you read in the book, two totally different things. And so I'm starting to realize, like, yo, if I'm really going to ascribe to this, like, I'm going to ascribe to what it says. And I like what the book says versus what I'm seeing in the world. And so I'm just, like, kind of refining who I am based upon who I really want to be and how I really want to live this thing out versus just following the crowd and just doing what everybody else does. You know what I mean? Like, so stopping, you know, celebrating certain religions or certain, um, um, what am I trying to say? Practices? Not practices. Uh holidays holiday. you know what i mean like even shoot i stopped doing a fourth of july like two years ago just like thinking about like yo i know it's bad but now like what am i really celebrating on fourth of july like does that apply to me as a black man in america no <laughs> could you make up something for you to for you to celebrate with your family i could that and that's and that's that's up to me gonna be specific to you know but uh but i but i don't i mean i could either continue to follow what white supremacy has laid in front of me and told and told me it's convenient and told me what is celebratory and praiseworthy or i can choose to do what i want to do it's it's my choice i don't have to celebrate fourth of july i don't have a pledge allegiance to to the flag i don't have to stand for the singing of the national i don't i don't have to do that it doesn't apply to me if i look at the words if i look at all three verses. Right. That, don't, that don't apply to me. Do your kids know the Black National Anthem? Not yet. Do you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know about heart, but I know when I hear it. I know. I know the tune. Yeah, <laughs> Lift every voice and sing. Dude, I love that man. You know, that, I think that was the first song to make me cry. Wow. And I didn't know because again, I don't come from a legacy of slavery. I don't come from a legacy of like a, a systematic oppression in America, word, or at word. least the understanding of it. For sure. But I remember being in second grade and hearing a, it was like a, we watched a Harry Belafonte movie, and mm. at the very end, it was a black white movie, and this little black girl sang that song, bro, and I cried, man. It's one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard, man. Wow. Yo, we're gonna send you off with a, a delightful little tune that I just can't get out of my uh, out of my rotation right now. We are here to uplift all practices of understanding the universe and the way and our parts in it and yo next week we're gonna have a, excuse me next two weeks we're gonna have a really really interesting show when it comes to america and citizenship and mm. what our relationship is to our laws and uh, what govern the way we live our lives this has been ethical radio thank you so much we got radio loss and sound next good news that good news i'm evidence oh, i gave you the truest me my truest speech true and deep from the loosest leaves of my loose leaf my flaws and all see what up y'all i hope y'all enjoyed the conversation um if you guys have any questions if you want to hop in add to the conversation we would love your feedback um you can reach out to oba on instagram at obabalu that's o-b-a-b-a-l-u and you can hit me up the show page on Twitter and Instagram at SXSNDLS. Uh, my personal Instagram, Emmanuel since 85. My personal Facebook is my government, Emmanuel Williams. And yeah, man, uh, hit us up. Let's continue the conversation. Let us know what y'all think. So once again, 
It's the Socks and Sandals Podcast, where society, culture, history, and religion collide, and we unapologetically discuss our worldviews. I hope you all have an amazing, incredibly positive, wonderful week, all right? And we will holler at you next week. Grace and peace.